Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we're in a video store somewhere in your home town time town sure and they still exist yes video store somewhere in the weird multiverse thing still exists somewhere in your hometown somewhere so just email us at cinemagems15 at gmail and see if we're somewhere in a parallel universe on your street but guys as always my very lustrous and lavish co-host the illustrious butt maestro i want everyone to know that i have never been called any of these things by anyone outside of this show but you know what admiral i appreciate it hi everyone welcome back to cinema gems we're another show that mostly talks about movies occasionally other cinema related things like tv shows and video games but mostly movies uh and if you've been paying attention to us for the last year or so you've you've noticed our trend that we either go with something that's celebrating an anniversary or something that's really making waves that's kind of new ish and when we say new ish we mean like within the last year like maybe not super recent but Anyway, we're finally doing Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once, I should say. Uh, because, holy crap. And I do have to apologize to everyone. Yes, this episode is a little bit late. And yes, it is my fault. Because it took some extra arm twisting uh, by the the new captain of Swapper Jacks. Um, and, uh, yeah, holy crap. Let's review this movie. <laughs> First of all, before we go any further, um, let's just say, number one, definitely check this movie out if you even had an inkling of liking Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This is a different multiverse type movie, and it's a thousand times uh, different and somehow better on a different level than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse I of Madness. I agree completely, yes. Um, and, and two... We're literally going to spoil this movie within the first uh, two seconds of us reviewing it. So if you have not somehow seen this movie, please pause the downloaded episode on your friend's phone that you yeah. borrowed. Um, go watch the movie. The movie is two hours and 28 minutes. It does not feel like two it's hours and 28 minutes. It's a fucking And then trip. come back. Woo! And listen. If, if right. there is ever a movie so. for you to be vibing to... This is it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Woo. Oh, vibing, vibing to some sneezes. Yeah, no, that that's totally um, So, Ooh. so let's talk about let's talk about the directors. Uh, it's the same directors as um, Swiss Army Man. That explains a lot. Because I loved Swiss Joe Army Man when it, it came out. And yeah, the Russo brothers. Their visual style is all over this. Uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, is the uh, main uh, I wouldn't, uh, protagonist. The main protagonist. Um, and then you also have Short Round uh, from Indiana Jones as her husband. Ki Hui Kwan. Uh, he, uh, yep. Uh, uh, and also you have uh, James Hong, yep. who got a Hollywood star finally, and then this movie came out. And the Fantastic was free to slurping in the background, I don't know if you hear. Are you okay over there? You going, 
You gonna slurp some more? You gonna lay down? Alright. She's doing some barrel rolls, people. She's doing some barrel rolls. Um, but, uh, and it also has Jamie Lee Curtis in it. That, um, is amazing. And she is in this movie for so much, like, minuteness. But she chews on every goddamn fucking scenery shot that she's in. Uh, she's amazing and in this. Amazing. Jenny Slate is amazing in this. I did not expect her to be in this. And every scene she was in was fucking roll on your ass funny. When she starts using... Oh, the lady with the dog. Yeah, when she starts using the dog as the fucking whip. Oh my god. So, look, there's, there's no way that we can really accurately describe... How batshit insanely cool this movie is at so many points. Please just watch it. But the first five, ten minutes of the movie are slice of life uninterrupted scenes from this family that is on the verge of falling apart. Uh, Michelle Yeoh and her husband have, uh, Evelyn and Wayman, have been uh, running a laundromat uh, as their private business. Uh, they have a daughter, Joy, uh, played by Stephanie Hugh, uh, Stephanie Sue, and I apologize for any Butch. Uh, names that I accidentally butcher. I promise I am respectfully you, doing my best here. You know she played Karen in the SpongeBob musical. Thank you. Broadway. I wondered where I recognized her from. Okay, cool. She's fantastic in this. Um. They have to go to the IRS uh, to essentially get an appeal to you know not have their property uh, uh, shut down and have them evicted because they are behind on a lot of payments. Um, and all of this is very quickly interrupted with some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey shit when an alternate version of Wayman, Evelyn's husband... Whoa. Before we... Yeah, what you got? Before we go any further, we also have to talk that not only is they're going to the IRS, but also she they have to deal with uh, Michelle Yeoh's father, played by James James Hong. Gong Gong. Uh, yes. He is. He is a. We all we have that cranky old grandfather type character that is in our family. We all have one, and he plays it to the perfect caliber as james hong always does and we also have um joy who is going through uh a part in her life that she needs her family to recognize that she's going through and to be seen and understood and she's nervous about a lot of things and she's supposed to go to this um appointment but uh she doesn't because she's mad at her mother uh, yeah, and ju then... just to clarify, uh, the thing that Joy's going through is that she's gay, and she's trying to get her family to accept her for who she is, and she's trying to get her family to accept her very loving girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Becky. Yeah. Um, and one of the pivotal moments of the movie where you really see the tension in their relationship, you really see... Uh, where Joy could be coming from when she's a bit angry at her family is Evelyn refuses to introduce her as her daughter's girlfriend. She introduces Becky as, you know, her, her good friend. 
Uh, but in, uh, I don't remember if the dialect they were speaking was Mandarin or Cantonese. Um, uh, I, I think Cantonese. I'm not 100% sure. I probably have that totally wrong. How dare you, how dare you not know the dialect? How dare you? I'm sorry, I'm a stupid it's, white guy. It's, it's languages listed on Wikipedia are English, Mandarin, and Cantonese. So well, probably a combination. damn it, alright. In either Mandarin or Cantonese, I can't remember which one, uh, to the point that it's alienating Becky. And that's one of the things that Joy is so mad about, is like, you can't tell me that you accept her when you constantly alienate her by talking in a language that she can't understand. Um, so that's where a lot of that tension comes from. Uh, that's when we start to see the wibbly-wobbly shit where Alpha Wayman comes from the Alpha dimension to tell Evelyn, uh, hey, we're dimension hoppers, we're trying to protect the multiverse, the multiverse is falling apart because of, and do you have the name in front of you? Because I just found it. Jobu Tupaki. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, joy, joy from the Alpha Universe that became sentient because... Um, no, Well, uh, not it... sentient isn't the right word for this. Enlightened. <laughs> Self-aware about time. Yeah, she became fully enlightened to the point where she can see and experience everything, everywhere, all at once. And, um, and also, I guess the other thing would have to be that, um, so this film talks about nihilism a Very lot. much so. It's very so if, nihilistic. So if you uh, are like me and love the anime Cowboy Bebop, that is a very yep. nihilism-heavy anime, you'll love this movie. And also it's about existentialism. And also, it's about Asian American identity, like it's about people becoming, uh, you know, trying. I would to also argue. I would also argue, though, that it takes the existentialism and the nihilism uh, that most movies just kind of stop on, like The Matrix. You know, takes the nihilism and and goes, you know, oh well, everything sucks. Shit's gonna go on whether you want it to or not. This movie takes it in a more hopeful direction of, yeah, the world is huge and everything sucks. And when you think about it from an outside-in perspective, nothing really matters. So, how about you determine that, you, that, that the things that matter are the things immediately in front of you that you can love and cherish. Uh, and the things about yourself that you can control. Knowing how big the universe and chaotic the universe around you is helps you understand the things that you can help and can do and can contribute to. Um, okay. And also, since we're 11 minutes into this review, we should just go straight up. That, as in Wayman, um, he comes in, as you mentioned earlier about the elevator part, um, hides uh, the camera with an umbrella, basically tells her... Uh, tells uh, Michelle Yeoh's character what's going on and what needs to be done. And we are like her. We have no idea what the fuck's going on. Um, yep. I went to a viewing um, when I first moved to Central Florida. Uh, this is the first movie I saw in Central Florida. And there was about, I would say about 15 to 20 people in this showing with me. Me, 
Patron and maybe four other people. So six people together completely was like, I'm ready for this movie to take me on a ride. Everyone else was like, what the fuck am I watching? What yeah. the fuck? Um, you, well, when you sit down to watch this movie, you just got to be ready for a fucking trip. Whoo! Yes. yes. Uh, and also, we should specify that... Uh, what did it have a... What was the budget for it? Oh, the budget was $25 million, and the box office so far is $93.9 million. Um, it's the highest grossing movie uh, of, a, of A24. A2, um, yeah, A24. It beat Heredity out. Um, uh, I think not by much, but no, but it's really good. But okay, so now we're going to get into the aspect of... So she's having this conversation with Jamie Lee Curtis's character because Jamie Lee Curtis's character is her auditor for the IRS. Yes. Um, yes. And she's been auditor of the month for a lot of times. And we get to see that she's auditor of the month because of the butt plugs that she has yep. awarded <laughs> on her... You okay? You all right? I love that you didn't even bury the lead. You weren't even trying to call it a plaque or a trophy or a spade or anything. You went straight for it's is a damn butt plug. Is that not what it is? That's the whole joke of it being the hundred percent. That's what it is. To the point that's that the... that shit gets paid off twenty minutes later in an awesome kung fu scene where two guys are trying to sit on it. I wouldn't say twenty minutes. I would say more like about forty-five to fifty, because at this moment. It's balls to the wall. So realize that uh, uh, who is it? Uh, what's oh Evelyn? Sorry, I couldn't think of Michelle Yeoh's uh, character. Michelle Yeoh. Uh, yep. Evelyn basically it gets teleported to the main Prime universe um, and sees that Jamie Lee Curtis's character is about to kick her ass, and then jumps back to hers while Jamie Lee Curtis is like. Do you know what's going on? You need to pay this. Is this a receipt? Uh, call me by the end of the day. Blah blah blah. This, blah blah. Um, while this literally there, I lost count, and I need to rewatch it again. But I lost count to which universes happened and which things because it's absurd. There's also a point in the universe where they're just rocks with googly eyes. Yep. Yep. There, there's a point where they have hot dog fingers with ketchup and mustard inside of them. So I, I have to real quick talk about one of my favorite little wibbly wobbly uh, time concepts that they come up with in this movie. Um, because she is, to an extent, uh, able to tap into the other multiversal versions of herself. And to do that, you have to do some kind of random weird thing that is kind of connected to one of the other universes. Now, she doesn't know what other versions of herself are out there. So she starts doing just wacky random shit like putting hot dogs on her fingers. Yeah. And it turns out there's a hot dog finger universe. Where her and Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis characters are lovers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
I know we're jumping around a lot in the plot of this movie, but this movie jumps around a lot in plot, so forgive us. But not gonna lie, one of my favorite parts of this movie is when we finally, after several minutes of hearing Claire de Lune kind of teased, like a music nerd like me immediately picked up, oh, I know that's Claire de Lune. You're starting halfway through, but I know that's Claire de Lune. And then we finally see that come to fruition with Jamie Lee Curtis playing Claire de Lune from the top with her feet. Yep. <laughs> because she can't use her hot dog fingers. <laughs> It's such a fucking wacky movie. I love this so much. And honestly, knowing that it's from the same people who made Swiss Army Man makes so much sense. Uh, And also, uh, they have a... uh, And then she kind of meets, or hears about Joy from the Prime Universe that... (laughs) She meets. That... uh, Evelyn's she she hears about Jobu Tupaki first and doesn't put together until the hallway scene that it's joy that oh shit Jobu Tupaki is my daughter what the fuck did I do what happened what happened to my daughter and then she finds out that she basically made her other version of herself made her what she is because she put her under so many trials of time travel and time manipulation that she literally made her daughter go insane but also an omnipotent being that can, as to quote the maestro himself, but maestro, uh, he can, she can literally see everything everywhere all at once. Um, and this whole started when she tried to put everything on a bagel. No, she, no, 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 no. she didn't try. She succeeded. She literally, she did. She did put everything on a bagel. It's on an everything bagel. It's on an everything bagel. Um, and <laughs> we don't know how to talk about this movie because it's so insane that you need to watch it in order to understand how good it is. Like, we're not saying it's the plot is inconceivable, but it jumps around so much. We don't know how we're going to do this, if that makes sense. There, there is so much very quick visual storytelling in this movie. And at a certain point, there are so many different parallel universes all colliding with and interacting with each other that it is kind of hard to keep track. But that's where the fun comes Wait. from. Because the movie reminds you when you need to know which universe you're in, it, it does remind you. And... It, it, they're never jumping to and from these parallel universes with no uh, rhyme or reason. There's always some connecting thread. At one point, it's all the different versions of Evelyn. At a certain point, when the movie needs to emphasize how much she needs Wayman and how much she takes him for granted, you keep jumping back and forth between all the different versions of Wayman including one where they never dated. Yeah. And it's gut-wrenching. And then she becomes a movie My star. My God, the way they use this as a narrative device is fucking and gut-wrenching. And she becomes a movie star at that point. She becomes a movie star. She becomes a sushi chef uh, in a restaurant where, not Ratatouille, Raccoon. Raccoon. Which... 
I've had it pulled up on my IMDb page for the last 10 minutes. Do you know who does the voice of the puppet yeah. Rakakuni? Bradley Baker. No. Surprisingly, not D. Bradley Baker. It's fucking Randy Newman. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't recognize it. You know how I feel about him. You know how I feel about him. <laughs> and you're wrong, and hey, that's okay. It's, right. it's okay. We have we have that one thing. Art is subjective. It's, it's okay. I love his I love his music when it's not sung by him. Let's just specify that. That's it. You got a friend in me. Um, and then, oh gosh, oh, and then okay, and then we get the, uh, and apparently since Joy is an omnipotent being and she can make anyone perceive and how they, how they are, she can literally kill people in a different universe and make them die in the universe that they're in, because she is omnipotent. Yep. Um, also, do you want to talk about the fight sequence? That's a very, very good way of describing how, mechanically, how she hits someone with a baseball bat, and instead of their head exploding with blood, it explodes yeah. with confetti. Like, what you just said a second ago is a perfect way of describing that. She's not really killing... She is killing them in this world, but indirectly, by killing them in an alternate dimension... And thus, their connected consciences both yeah. explode. I, I think at that point... This movie is so complicated and insane, but oh my god, the way it connects everything and makes things feel tangible. Makes very intangible things like the multiverse feel tangible and all connected. Holy shit. Uh, and then... If you can't tell, I love uh, this movie. And then... Uh, the uh, and then do you want to talk about the bud plug scene do you want to just talk about that one or do you want to talk about the fight sequence with the fanny pack so funny funny enough uh on imdb brian lee and andy lee uh are known as alpha jumper trophy and alpha jumper bigger yeah. trophy um so yeah so there's a fight sequence with butt plugs and uh, dildos um and, and like the Admiral was saying, right before that, actually our first main fight sequence is fanny with, pack. Uh, with, uh, with Waymond and the fanny pack, which, not going to lie, was fucking cool. When he took the, the rocks out of the fish tank, stuffed them in the fanny pack, I knew someone was about to get and real fucked up. And he proceeds Ooh. to beat the shit out of the security guards at the IRS. You know that the people who choreographed this movie had to have studied under Jackie Chan, under the school of everything is a weapon you if know you that, create You know that that's what, uh, <laughs> that's what uh, Killing Kwan did. Like, he did, so he did, um, he did uh, Temple of Doom, he did Goonies, then there wasn't really anything else yeah. for a young Asian-American actor, so he went back and basically studied and did martial arts. And then he came back and he also did Encino Man, which we reviewed this year. Um, he was in it for a couple of scenes. Then he left yep. and he just helped like choreograph fight sequences in, you know, Hong Kong and all kinds of stuff. And then he saw Crazy Rich Ange Asians and was like, I want to do something like that. And then uh, he read the script for this 
and I, he's like, I want to be in it, and they're like, okay. So the fact that he, I don't know if he yep. specifically helped. I don't think he specifically helped with it, with the choreograph fights, but he, he himself is a famous choreac chore uh, fight choreographer. Choreographer, yeah. fight choreographer. Yeah, no, he's phenomenal in uh, this. Uh, Absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Uh, basically, beats the shit out of the guards with the fanny pack, um, which you never thought that that would <laughs> happen. Never thought a fanny pack could be used as a weapon before, but now I really want to well, try I have it. A fanny pack <laughs> right in the recording studio, aka video store. Um. All right, so what you need to do now is post a video on the Instagram page of you whipping around the fanny and pack like it's a nunchuck. No, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> take take your least favorite pop Funko. Pop Funko? Why did you? Why did you? Why did you and deconstruct it like, like that? It's Funko Pop, not Pop Funko. What universe? <laughs> what universe? Just to in? annoy you. The Omega verse. No, um, we're not doing that today. Um, no, I want you to post a video on the Instagram of you taking your least favorite Funko Pop and just like knocking it off of the counter with your nunchuck fanny pack. I don't know. I, I have other pressing things to do than that. Um, but so basically, they come to fruition that. Um, Joy and uh, Evelyn find out that nothing really matters. That that's why Joy did all this is because nothing really matters. It nothing matters. It's, it's it, time is a construct that we as a people put in that makes things happen. Literally. Well, and to be fair, that also comes from the revelation that. Joy spanned the multiverse to find a universe in which her parents could love and accept her for who she is, and she couldn't yeah. find one. And that's when she went full Joe yep. Tupaki. That that's how deep this movie goes. Like, holy shit, you span the entire universe just to find one in which your parents love you, and you couldn't fucking find one. That that would devastate literally yeah, anyone. it would. Um, so, basically, uh, they, in the main universe that we perceive Evelyn and Wayman in, uh, that we see that they're given a second chance to go ahead and... Um. Uh, to go ahead and come back and do their taxes, but they don't. And then uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character—is it? What's her character's name? Oh, the uh, Deidre comes in Deidre. and uh, basically says, "Hey, you. This is all closed. You got to go." She brings the police and uh, has a kind of a big fight with Evelyn and then we also in a cut with her and her character their characters were their lovers in the universe with the hot dog fingers yeah like look we keep cutting back to that but 
Yep. It's just one of those where you're like, what the fuck? You literally have to watch this movie. Watch this movie. I didn't expect the Hot Dog Fingers universe to be anything more than a passing joke. And so when it turned into more than just a passing joke and actually one of the pivotal universes for her to go and influence as a way to influence her own universe, I was like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> Can't believe uh, this is happening, then, but I'm here um, for it. Basically, I have a huge fight uh, inside the laundromat. And then, you know, they go and console and they, they uh, and basically uh, Wayman goes and saves the day like he always does and talks to uh jamie lee curtis's character and says hey look she's going through a lot right now like a lot um and then uh she's like okay cool well you have until tomorrow um so they actually after experiencing everything everywhere at once um going through the multiverse with joy um uh, Evelyn basically becomes a rock, becomes a rock with Google eyes, becomes uh, different things. Be- it's it's a universe that I wish I lived in if I was just a rock. Because that seems like that would be very pleasant. There's yes. nothing going on. Nothing matters over there. Yes. That'd be great. Um, uh, basically jumps through all these universes. Also, the things that she does about blowing into people's faces and then getting superpowers or cutting, getting five paper cuts in order to gain superpowers. That, yeah, of all the weird, gory things in this movie, that made me cringe the most by far, is him having to give himself intentional paper cuts in between his fingers. Ow. And then I love how he's like, paper cut, paper cuts don't work that way. They happen un- un- unintentionally. Um, but <laughs> they, but they are they can do convince Jamie Lee Curtis's character that they're going to redo their taxes. And Joey comes with them, and all is done. Um, basically, uh, they get their second chance to do their taxes. They get it all done, and they're actually done and then when when evelyn just actually thinks about everything she realizes that she's just glad that she's back in her own universe and she talked her own daughter who is an omnipotent being uh joe uh jobo tapuki jobo tupaki jobo tupaki basically hey this is fine, but I am your mother, and I should understand that you have a say in things. And then she actually introduces. She introduces what's what's her what's Joy's girlfriend's name? Yes, Becky. She actually Becky? introduces Becky. Becky, I to believe her own to to her grand to Beck. Sorry, she introduces, yeah, James. James. To Hong. grandfather, to Gong Gong. And basically, he's just like, okay. He's like, I don't care. And I'm just like, that's just such a nice thing that it's like, wow. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I like we could talk more about this movie, but it could be a four hour podcast and we don't need a four hour podcast. We would rather you go watch the movie. I don't know if you have anything else to say about this, but Maestro. Uh, This movie is absolutely insane. And yeah, but uh, uh, Admiral said it. Um, Absolutely. Just go watch it. If the, if any of this multiversal jumping thing, like the best way to describe this movie is the multiverse timey-wimey shenanigans that the MCU is trying to do now, minus most of the superhero stuff, uh, but also adding in a ton of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon-like influence, while also having some of the emotional beats of Turning Red. Where a lot of it comes down to, in fact, it mainly comes down to relationship between a mother and daughter. Uh, To a lesser extent, a a husband and a wife who have been growing apart and feel that their relationship is being tugged in different directions. Um, And like Turning Red, a lot of that relationship boils down to the mother admitting, I tried so hard to not become my father that I ended up becoming him anyway and passing those toxic traits, that negligence, that, that aggressiveness could hyper controlling onto my daughter. Uh, and it pushed us further away. So yeah, just, just watch this movie. I paid five bucks for it on Amazon prime. If it's still in theaters, definitely go support the theatrical release. If you can, um, holy shit, this movie, uh, Do you want to get into the rating system, Admiral? Full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an all right movie. No gem, a horrible movie. The illustrious butt maestro himself. What do you give everything everywhere at once? Everything everywhere all at once is not just a single whole gem, but that whole gem has fractured and fractaled in if infinite directions. And every which way you look at this gem, it is infinite number of other similar but different gems. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a... That... It, it, it is more than a whole gem. This movie is insane. That's, ah. That's okay. Uh, I give Sorry, go on. A fantastic Miss Frieda, what are you doing? Well, come over here. Come over here if you want to talk about it. Come over here. Yeah. We didn't see this movie, but we did. We, we, me, me and the, the dogs, uh, the, the fantastic Miss Frieda and the Honorable Tesla apparently have a hive mind with entertainment. Because whatever I read or consume visually, they consume because I talk about it with them and they get really excited. So the Fantastic Frida is sitting in my lap right now. Yes, I understand. I see. And we are. Oh, you want to tell? Okay, I'll tell. She, the Fantastic Frida, and I, and the Honorable Tusk, <laughs> give everything everywhere at once a shiny, shiny gem. On top of an everything bagel. That's all we have to say. That's what we give this. Right, Fantastic Miss Frida? Oh, she, 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 she kind of lipped the mic. 
She didn't blep it, but she like you could probably hear her go. Well, she she kind of like the mic. Go uh, go good for you. Guys, look. So the the past, I would say, collective month or month and a half, we have not had one of our favorite segments that we have gotten away. Um, and that is going to be the Butt Maestro's favorite part of this. So now that we're done with the review, definitely go watch everything mm. everywhere at once. Please do. You're do ready? not. Do not skip this movie. Um, I don't know if it's available in theatrics anywhere at all still, um, but if do I do support uh, the Butt Maestro's plea to support the theatrical release. It needs to be seen in theaters. It needs to be seen in theaters. Uh, are you ready, the illustrious Butt Maestro? It's the quarantine watch list. What'd you watch when you were all alone? But I wasn't alone. I had the dogs. Close enough. <laughs> I can't wait to see how that feels editing that. It's going to be can't. interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I have two things on my list. Do you want to go first? Because I imagine you have more. Uh, yes, because I literally am in a new city and have nothing to do, so I just go to the movies whenever I get a chance. Um, but apparently my notes on my... Oh, there they are. Okay, cool. Um, uh, you go ahead with yours. My my thing is being weird. Okay, so... Go ahead. My, actually, I have, I have two and a half, because one of them is something that's still in progress that I'm going to finish for next week. Uh, but first, I have to talk about Disney Plus and the Owl House. Because, holy shit, this is a fun show. I don't know if I talked about it already on Cinema Gems. Uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't. Uh, I've been wanting to for quite a while. Holy shit, Owl House is so good. Check the shit out. If you like Gravity Falls, uh, just know that the Owl House is Gravity Falls with the D&D fantasy element and the the gay. Like, I, I cannot express how much the gayness and genuine like love in this show is turned all the way up oh it's so good it's so fucking good um and it's got representation out of the fight it's it's just great owl house is great go check it out it is two seasons right now on disney plus i believe number three which will be the final season is in production currently Admiral, you still Sweet. there? Yeah. Okay, cool. What else you got? Um, I also have Netflix's The Sea Beast. Um, I cannot recommend this movie enough. It caught me way off guard. I randomly saw the trailer on the front page of Netflix, uh, and I had nothing else to do over my long weekend, so I went and, uh, and, I, and I watched The Sea Beast. This movie, first off, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's it's about monster hunters. It's about like uh, uh, Victorian fantasy monster hunters. Uh, and right when you think that it's going to go in the direction of How to Train Your Dragon, which it kind of does a little bit at first, um, instead it goes into a full Ender's Game direction 
of making you question. Better than Ender's Game, though? Oh, Ender's game wasn't that much, good. much better than Ender's Game. It takes the idea that Ender's Game tried to do, but without the weird uh, hyper-Republican influence of Orson Scott Card. Cool. Cool. Um, but it, it takes the idea that Ender's Game tried to run with, which was, hey, uh, maybe we're the bad guys here. Like, you know, the, the main monarchy has been telling monster hunters and, and civilians and people for years that you should want to be a monster hunter to avenge all of the people that these monsters ate without being provoked. Now, turns out they've been provoked quite a lot. Like, we were the bad guys this whole time. Uh, it runs with that kind of thing. And it's just a really fun movie. Also, if you've been watching The Boys, definitely watch The Sea Beast because it's got Carl Urban doing a very similar voice to how he did with Butcher, completely different character. Okay. He um, hearing Butcher of... be a fucking Boy Scout is pretty funny. Speaking of, speaking of bad guy, um, so... I watched the Pentaveret, not only once but twice within a week. It so is... this is this is the uh, Mike Myers movie, right? Uh, it's a Mike Myers miniseries on Netflix, six episodes, twenty minutes each, done in and out. That's it. It's about conspiracy theories. It's about uh, like uh, local journalism, and it's about if you've ever seen the movie which most of you probably haven't had. Uh, so I Married an Axe Murderer. Um, it takes a concept from that, just a throwaway joke, and turns it into a TV show. Um, okay. And it's a excellent one. Now, look, if you like Mike Myers' humor, you'll love it. If you don't like Mike Myers' humor at all, you will not like it at all. Do not watch it if you do not like Austin Powers' at all um it is an excellent show i would highly recommend that a lot um okay also, uh colossus the forbin project uh i watched that actually back in uh new orleans uh and that was really an excellent one it's kind of like a more stoic version of war games if that makes sense okay <laughs> Because you remember we reviewed War Games, right? The best Matthew. I do remember War Games, yes. Um, I absolutely remember War Games. I also went and saw... Uh, the last movie I saw in New Orleans was Bob's Burgers movies with uh, the fairy gay mother and Patron. Um, yeah. Never really saw Bob's Burgers that much. Watched the movie and was like, you know what? It was good. It was interesting. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I do love Did H. it John make Benjamin's you want to go back and watch Bob's Burgers? Um, yes and no. Like the earlier seasons only, because I hear after like season three or four they get kind of dumb. If that makes sense. After okay. a certain point, it gets more wacky than it makes sense for. Uh, but I agree. The first like four seasons are great. Like my personal favorites by far are any of the Die Hard episodes. Hmm. And there's a few of them. Okay. I'm going to have to go check those out. Uh, just just Google Bob's Burgers Die Hard the Musical. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I like how the fantastic Miss Frida is using one of uh, my Pixar Hawaiian shirts as a bed. Because, oh, good girl. Because her her brother, the Honorable Tesla, is taking up the only dog bed that is available. So I'm going to take him, hold him, and have him next to me. Okay. Um, and it sounds like he needs some water. So I want to drink some water, buddy. You know oh, everyone drink water. Oh, but we got ear flaps, though, people. We got ear flaps. Oh, everyone definitely drink water. Um, oh, also, Jurassic World <laughs> 3 or Jur- Jurassic... Wh- whatever. Jurassic Park 5? I mean, technically Dr- No, Jurassic six. Park 6. Yeah. And I think it's Jurassic World I don't know. Dominion. I lost count. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's the... So, out of the three Jurassic World movies, it's the best by default because it has the original cast back in it. Literally, the only reason why I like the movie. Um, okay. Chris Pratt's character should have died, and if you've seen the movie, you know which scene I mean he should have died in. For substance. Yeah. Um, uh, also saw Lightyear. Um, that's it. That was an interesting movie. Uh, that movie was great. It was good. Um, I don't know, as the opening credits, literally the opening credits say that this movie inspired this is the movie that inspired andy to get buzz lightyear i don't know if a child watching this movie in 1995 would be like fuck yeah i want a buzz lightyear i feel like an adult now watching this movie would be inspired to get an uh, a buzz lightyear action figure but i don't know okay a child in 1995 would if that makes sense um, I don't know. I I fucking loved Buzz Lightyear growing up, like a little bit more than I loved Woody, if I have to be completely honest. Oh no no, that's fine. I I, I don't fucking love Buzz Lightyear. I don't think this is the movie that just came out. Is the movie that inspired the Buzz Lightyear okay toy? That's what I'm saying. As an adult, it would, but as a child, it's like these are these are feelings that I should not be feeling yet. Like as as a child, I should not <laughs> be worried about this. Um, uh, but, uh, but Pixar does have their, is it Pixar or Disney? I don't know if it is, but they have their first, uh, openly, uh, first lesbian kiss on screen in Lightyear. Yeah. Uh, Also saw the, which apparently they fought really hard to keep in the movie. Yeah. Uh, also I saw the black phone, uh, the horror, uh, paranormal movie with Ethan Hawke. Holy shit, but that's a really okay. good movie. That is an excellent movie. It is basically a 1970s horror movie. Uh, you'd probably like it, Maestro. Um, there are some scenes that I feel like you may flinch, but it's still good in general. That's okay. A, that's a full gem. Um, also saw Elvis. It was all right. I'm curious, but also very skeptical. It was okay. Because I, my my mom raised me on Elvis, and if this movie fucks with Elvis and tries to portray him in in any kind of fictional way, uh, I'm going to be a little bit pissed at Baz Luhrmann. Okay, well let me tell you, basically it's not a, it's not a, it's not his biopic. It's Tom Hanks' character's manager's biopic. And he talks about Elvis. Oh, God. 
Oh, God. Look, look, look. Okay. It's great visually. It's amazing. But there are just some things where I'm like, I wanted to see him meet Nixon. I wanted to. I wanted more Fat Elvis than I got. Um, I like. Yep. I love the scene. I love. There's some scenes where they're at a they're at a rally or something, and they it looks like they show footage from the actual time, or they made a camera now. Like they they used a, a old style camera to to do that footage now, or that footage was from then. I don't know what it was. But to me, I was like, can we have more of that? Like, him talking to B.B. <laughs> King was amazing. But, like, there's some things where I'm like, mm, okay. But just no going into it that, to be completely honest with you, it is not Elvis's story. It's Elvis's story from the perspective of his manager. Okay. I, I don't like that that seems to be a trend right now, but okay. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, really good. Uh, I just wish they would have not gone back to Earth. Um, I, I do have a question for you from uh, Gladys's senior programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, how early in the movie does Russell Crowe's Zeus die? Um, who says he dies? Oh, okay. Because that, that's what she wanted to know. That's what the, the senior programmer who wanted says to he know. Dies? Um, I, it was just an assumption based on, like, how are you going to get Russell Crowe for a comic book movie and not have him immediately killed off? Like, we fully expect it to be another Zod thing. Well, uh, I mean... It's 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 not better than Ragnarok. Ragnarok is my favorite Thor movie, but it's still good. Oh, and Ragnarok. It's still great. good. I just wish they would have not been on Earth. <laughs> I hate to say that, but okay. I wish they would have just stayed in the cosmos. Uh, all I gotta say is uh, Christian Bale uh, just chews every goddamn piece of scenery that he's in. Um, also watched the Jabberwocky, uh, Terry Gilliam's Jabberwocky, 1977. Got it uh, at the Criterion sale at Barnes & Nobles. Holy shit, does it hold up okay. from 1977, 45 years ago? And the Jabberwocky is not CGI. It's like a giant fucking puppet. Like, it's an actual life-size puppet, and it looks fucking scary as hell. Like, I was like, oh, shit. Um, and most movies don't really do that to me, but the buildup of everything and the way it attacked people, the way, yes, it's the, it's the Jabberwocky from Alice in Wonderland, but put into a entire world on its own. Um, yeah, yeah. That sounds like fun. If you have seen Thor Love and Thunder and you want to know what accent Russell Crowe is doing, Please email us at cinemagems15 at gmail. That's cinemagems15 at gmail. And I will send you a video of what I can best describe as Russell Crowe's impersonation of an accent. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and also, I rewatched Hunt for the Wilder People when uh, Patron Silver was okay. in town. Uh, because we were, we were picking movies and she was like, I want to watch that one. Uh, that might be my favorite Taika movie. Um, I really like Boy a lot, but I really like Hunt for the Wilder People a lot. 
Um, the Incredible Melting Man. Now, this is another one that I feel like we should review because it's basically a 70s, late 70s science fiction horror schlock movie. Like, it's one of those, like, um, oh, we need to get the killer, but it's really bad, but also good at the same time. But it's not the worst movie ever made, if that makes sense. You, am I making sense? Am I making sense? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and also, so. I, I watched so. Man vs. B. Yes, the Rowan Atkins uh, series. The first episode what? and the last what? episode are about... 35 minutes but each other episode there's only nine episodes so episode one and episode nine are the longest probably about 30 35 minutes each episode in between so episode two through eight are about 10 minutes long i think the most the longest episode i watched was about 11 minutes it's so absurd of a concept that a character is so baffled by a b but the best part is it's rowan atkinson so you get to see him do that also saw stranger than paradise 1984 uh stranger stranger than paradise it's a movie that has three different vignettes one of them is in new york another one is in ohio and another one ends up in florida um it's shot in black and white um i don't know the director's name off the top of my head right now but i'm gonna look it up while i'm talking about it um it propelled him to stardom that he is now. Um, they have a character in there that I absolutely hate, and I'm glad that he ends up the way he ends up. It's only an hour and 29 minutes. It's on HBO Max. Um, and it's okay. Jim uh, Jim Jarshan, uh, the guy who did uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Um the the dead don't die um it like literally uh ghost dog way of a samurai that makes so much sense that he did that yeah Um, okay i've I've definitely seen ghost dog um but yeah uh night night on earth um like he's done a bunch of stuff but if it wasn't for stranger than paradise he wouldn't be propelled into the uh, upper echelons of uh, directing that he is in now. Um, that one's really good. It's on HBO yeah. Max, so I definitely say check that out. Uh, and also, I saw Marcel the, sh- the Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Um, uh, basically, okay. it's stop motion animation. Uh, that's in what the is that on? Uh, It was really. It's fine. It was released in okay. theaters everywhere. Um, it's basically a documentary. It's very wholesome. It's what you need right now, and you didn't know you needed it until after you're done watching it. Uh, you should go check out the trailer. Basic, literally okay. go look up the trailer and check it out and see if it's your cup of tea. I feel like it is your cup of tea. Um, also, okay. um, since... I'm not doing that much in my new city. I've been reading a lot, and I have read six out of the eight Dexter books in two weeks. Uh, not oh, nice. nice. <laughs> um, the, yes, Dexter, as in the the Dream Dark Dexter, the books that the TV show is based off of. Um, so it's really weird. 
You know how the consistency yeah. for Star Trek movies is the odd ones are bad and the even ones are good? Right? So, yes. in, the Dexter, uh, in the Dexter books, in the Dexter books, the even ones are the bad ones and the odd ones are the good ones. It's so weird that some of the books I'm like, fuck yeah, man, I'm ready to destroy this fucking book. And then there's other books where I'm just like, whatever. I'm just along for the ride. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, some of the absur- absurdness that he gets into in the, in, the, in the book, it's completely two different characters, but I still view uh, Michael C. Hall as Dexter um, in the books. Um, okay. But, oh my god like my favorite series my favorite season uh from dexter is probably the uh the biblical killing like the book of revelations uh doomsday killer uh and in the book yeah it sucks because it's completely it deals with demon possession all kinds of stuff and the way they describe it i was like that's not how you possess people but cool whatever um, it's, it's, I'm sorry. Okay. It's, it's like, I, I can get more into this, but we, the episode doesn't need to be this long. Um, and also, um, I read, uh, I finished Darth, uh, Darth Plagueis. Uh, that was a really good, uh, Star Wars can't not non canon novel. Um, uh, then I, uh, read Showdown, uh, Thurgood Marshall. Now, these are some that I read while driving to uh, Central Florida. Um, Thurgood Marshall, basically the first African-American Supreme Court justice, and about how people didn't want him to become yeah. a Supreme Court justice, but LBJ was so adamant about putting an African-American on the court that he had a... Uh, another person lined up that was also African American. If Thurgood Marshall did not get nominated, um, and then you have Star Wars Brotherhood, which is the newest book that is a sequel to um, Attack of the Clones, but Attack of the Clones references references it in the beginning. So doesn't understand how that makes sense. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, but it's whatever. Um, and also. Oh, yeah, I did also catch up on Doctor Who as well. Uh, this writing got better when they just had one-off episodes. They shouldn't have a full season, but that's fine. Um, and also I read I Came In As A Shadow, which is the book about the um, the Georgetown uh, African-American, the first African-American, fo- uh, not football, basketball coach, uh, at Georgetown and uh, how, about how influential he was not only in basketball himself but as in the African American community itself in general about how President Obama when he met him was so gracious to actually meet him to just talk to him and actually care about what he said and it's such a nice thing to see that was a really heavy book to get through it took me a while, um, a while to finish that one. And I followed up with the Dexter books. 
And then I'm also finished the Moving Right Along podcast, the Two Minutes at a Time Muppet movie. I finished the Great Muppet Caper. Yay! Oh, finished it this morning. Um, oh, nice. And then tonight I think I'm going to go see um, Fire is Love, which is about a couple of Norwegians that uh, document volcanoes. Uh, and they fell in love. Uh, but they ultimately spoiler they die because it's it's like it's already implied in the in in the thing. You should go check out that trailer as well. It's really good. I'm going to see that, uh, which is right down the street from Swapper Jacks over here. So I'll be ready to talk about that next week and see how that's going on. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I really got. Sorry, that was a lot, but that's cool. also been two months of build up or a month and a half of build up. That, that's all good, but I think we're going to wrap it up there by telling all of our listeners, hey, if you like what you heard today, uh, if you whether you agree or disagree with us about what we thought about everything, everywhere, all at once, and any of what we talked about on the quarantine watch list, you can talk to us about it by emailing us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at cinemagems underscore pod. You can see some behind-the-scenes shit that we do uh, and just daily fudging around on uh instagram cinema gems pod right admiral i got that right sure go ahead yeah you can see pictures from like months ago that i haven't posted yet sorry there you go no look it's okay i'm behind on the twitter game because when marty and the arrogant observer posted the latest episode uh last week's episode to lowrainpictures.com they made it so i can't hyperlink it yeah I so i think it. when i post mm-hmm yeah, so I think when I post it to Twitter, it's just going to be a, a link to the main Cinema Gems page. But you can still find the episode and play it from there. You can also always find it on Apple iTunes. Uh, I think eventually we're trying to get on to Spotify, right? We're, we're, we're doing things, but hey, life is hard and we have things to do. You know. Thank you, as always, to our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family for giving us comments, criticism, concern. Uh, and once again, you can do all of that at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Is there a movie you want to hear us talk about? Email us. Let us know. And next week is Miss Marvel, hopefully, right? I am about, I am th- four episodes in, and I really like it so far. All I have to say is, when you're done with the final episode, please stay till after the credits. Please watch until after. Oh, okay. Please. Okay. Um, all we have Can to do. Say, all we have to say, guys, is uh, thank you, Marty, and the Arrogant Zipper for letting us use your website, lowrainpictures.com. Please go to the Your 30 tab and go check them out. Also, go check out what the what's on tab. Please go check them out and then begrudgingly come back to us because... We told you about them, so you have to come to us. You have to feel like you have to come to us, even though you don't. Uh, go to them and check them out. They're way better. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. And also, guys, as always, wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter. Always. Bye, guys. Love you all. Bye.